state of mankind. How much do you know? Excerpts from how the specter of communism is ruling our world. 32. Feminism is now prevalent in all sections of society. According to a public survey conducted by Harvard in 2016, about 59% of women expressed support for feminist views. One major assertion of contemporary feminism is that apart from the physiological differences in male and female reproductive organs, all other physical and psychological differences between men and women, including divergences in behavior and personality, are social and cultural constructs. By this logic, men and women should be completely equal in all aspects of life and society, and all manifestations of inequality between men and women are the result of a culture and society that is oppressive and sexist. For example, the number of men working as executives in large companies, high-level academics in elite universities, and senior government officials far outstrips the proportion of women in similar positions. Many feminists believe this is mainly caused by sexism, when in fact a fair comparison between the sexes can be made only when considering factors such as ability, hours, work ethic, and the like. Success in high-level positions often requires long-term, high-intensity overtime work, the sacrifice of weekends and evenings, sudden emergency meetings, frequent business travel, and so on. Giving birth tends to interrupt a woman's career, and women are inclined to reserve time to spend with their families and children instead of dedicating themselves completely to their work. In addition, people with the aptitude to fill high-level positions tend to possess strong personalities, whereas women tend to be gentler and more agreeable. These are the main reasons why females fill such a small proportion of high-level positions. However, Feminists regard women's tendencies to be gentle and to orient themselves around family and children as traits imposed upon them by a sexist society. According to feminism, these differences should be corrected by services such as public daycare and other forms of welfare. Contemporary feminism cannot tolerate any explanation of inequality between men and women that bases its argument on natural physiological and psychological differences between men and women. All blame must be laid at the feet of social conditioning and traditional morality. In 2005, Lawrence Summers, president of Harvard University, spoke at an academic conference to discuss why women are less likely than men to teach in the scientific and mathematics fields of top universities. In addition to the 80-some hours per week required for these positions, and their unpredictable work schedules, time most women would reserve for family, Summers proposed that men and women may simply differ in their competence when it comes to advanced science and math. Despite supporting his statements with relevant studies, Summers became the target of protests by the feminist organization now. The group accused him of sexism and demanded his removal. Summers was roundly criticized in the media and forced to make a public apology for his statements. He then dedicated $50 million to increase the diversity of the Harvard faculty. In 1980, Science magazine published a study showing that male and female middle school students had significant differences in their mathematical reasoning ability, with boys performing better than girls. A subsequent study that compared SAT math test scores for males and females found male examinees were four times as likely to achieve a score of more than 600, as compared with females. This gap became even more extreme at the 700-point threshold, where 13 times more male test takers reached this score than did females. The same research team did another study in the year 2000, finding that both male and female SAT examinees who demonstrated mathematical genius on their SAT scores tended to obtain advanced degrees in science and math-related fields, and were satisfied with their achievements. Lawrence Summers's arguments were backed up by scientific data. 
Some reports noted that Summers's treatment following the 2005 conference mirrors the re-education policies used by communist regimes to suppress dissidents. Even as the causes of inequality had yet to be determined, equality of outcome was enforced by encouraging diversity, that is, ensuring a larger number of female instructors in the math and scientific fields. It is simple to see the links between feminism and socialism. The 19th-century French diplomat and political scientist Alexis de Tocqueville said, democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference, while democracy seeks equality and liberty, socialism seeks equality and restraint and servitude. None of this is meant to prove that men are superior to women in intelligence or ability, as men's and women's talents manifest themselves in different competencies. Deliberate attempts to eliminate differences between the sexes run counter to common sense and prevent both men and women from fulfilling their potential. While the reasons for psychological and intellectual disparities between men and women may not be immediately obvious, denying their physical and reproductive differences flies in the face of fact. In the traditional view of both the East and the West, men are protective figures. It's normal that firefighters are overwhelming male. However, feminists, believing in absolute equality between men and women, demand that women take on traditionally male duties, with unexpected results. In 2005, the New York Fire Department allowed a woman to become a firefighter without passing the physical trials, which typically include completing tasks while wearing oxygen tanks and other equipment weighing 50 pounds. Other firefighters expressed concerns about this, saying that colleagues who couldn't meet the standards would inevitably create burdens and danger for the rest of the team and for the public. The fire department eventually hired the woman so as to avoid a lawsuit. Feminist groups had long blamed NYFD's high physical standards for the low proportion of women entering the firefighting force. The Chicago Fire Department faced similar challenges and was forced to lower the standard in order to increase the number of female firefighters. In Australia, many city fire departments have implemented gender quotas. For each male applicant hired, a woman has to be hired as well. In order to meet this requirement, Vastly different physical standards have been set for men and women despite their applying for the same dangerous, high-stress job. This illogical campaign for equality of outcome didn't stop there. The quotas created friction between male and female firefighters, who reported that their male co-workers blamed them for being unqualified and incompetent. Feminist groups latched onto this as bullying and psychological pressure. This situation created yet another battle for feminists to fight in their ostensible crusade for equality. But this absurdity is a deliberate step in the plans of the communist specter, by challenging the supposed patriarchy, that is, traditional society, feminism undermines the traditional family the same way that class struggle is used to undermine the capitalist system. In a traditional culture, it is taken for granted that men should be masculine and women should be feminine. Men shoulder responsibility for their families and communities by protecting women and children, the very patriarchal structure that feminism challenges on the grounds that it confers unfair advantages to men while restraining women. Feminism has no place for the traditional spirit of chivalry or gentlemanly behavior. In a feminist world, the men aboard the sinking Titanic would not have sacrificed their places in the lifeboat so that the female passengers could have a better chance at survival. Feminism's crusade against patriarchy has also entered the realm of education. In 1975, a Pennsylvania court ruling on a lawsuit against the Pennsylvania Intercollegiate Athletic Federation ordered that schools must include both male and female students in all physical activities, including wrestling and American football. Girls were not allowed to abstain on the basis of their gender alone. 
In her 2013 book The War Against Boys, How Feminism is Harming Our Young Men, American scholar Christina Hoff Summers argued that masculinity is coming under attack. She showcased the example of Aviation High School in Queens, New York, which primarily accepts students from low-income families. The school raised these children to high standards of academic achievement and was ranked as one of the best high schools in America by U.S. News & World Report. The school specializes in teaching its students via hands-on projects such as constructing electrical mechanical aircraft, and unsurprisingly, the class body is overwhelmingly male. Girls, while forming a smaller percentage of students, also perform remarkably and earn the respect of their peers and instructors. Nevertheless, Aviation High School faced increasing criticism and threats of lawsuit from feminist organizations demanding that more female students be admitted. Speaking at the White House in 2010, the founder of the National Women's Law Center took specific aim at Aviation High School as a case of gender isolation and said, We are hardly going to rest on our laurels until we have absolute equality, and we are not there yet. For feminists, raising boys to pursue masculine traits of independence and adventure, and encouraging girls to be gentle, considerate, and family-oriented amounts to nothing more than oppression and sexist inequality. Modern feminism is forcing society into a gender-free future by attacking the psychological characteristics of men and women that characterize their respective sex. This has particularly severe implications for children and young people who are in their formative years and among whom increasing numbers are expected to become homosexual, bisexual, or transgender. This is already underway in some European countries, where more and more children report feeling that they were born in the wrong body. In 2009, the Gender Identity Development Service, GIDS, based at the Tavistock and Portman NHS Foundation Trust in London, received 97 referrals for sex transitioning. By 2017, GIDS was receiving over 2,500 such referrals annually. Traditional society regards childbirth and the education of children to be the sacred duty of women, ordained by God or heaven. In the annals of both East and West, behind every great hero is a great mother. Feminism discards this tradition as patriarchal oppression, and holds that expecting women to be responsible for raising their children is a key example of this oppression. Contemporary feminist literature is replete with denunciations of motherhood and married life as being monotonous, boring, and unfulfilling. The bias of this dim view is apparent when considering the personal lives of well-known feminists. Nearly all of them suffer from broken relationships or failed marriages, or they are childless. Feminism has opened the door to all kinds of ridiculous notions. There are those who insist that the personal is political and see domestic conflicts as gender wars. Some consider men parasites who enslave women's minds and bodies. Others describe children as a hindrance to women looking to reach their full potential, and claim that the roots of oppression are in the family structure. Modern feminism openly proclaims that its aim is to destroy the traditional family. Typical statements include the following, the precondition for women's liberation is an end to the marriage system. The choice to serve and be protected and plan towards being a family maker is a choice that shouldn't be. We can't destroy the inequities between men and women until we destroy marriage. Feminist movements resolve supposed social problems by promoting moral degeneracy and destroying human relations in the name of liberation. According to Sylvia Ann Hewlett, an American economist and gender specialist, modern feminism is the major contributing factor to a large number of single mother households, while no-fault divorce actually provides a convenient means for men to abandon their responsibilities. Ironically, 
Feminism's assault on the existing family structure works to destroy the haven that ensures the happiness and security of most women. Easy divorce did not emancipate women. Studies found that 27% of divorced women were living below the poverty line, a percentage three times higher than that of divorced men. The specter of communism cares nothing about women's rights. Feminism is merely its tool to destroy families and corrupt humankind.